0: Welcome everyone to the Polynesian podcast, sponsored by Levasa Island Apparel. I am Lance Falatongo, and today we have with us a championship-winning football coach, Rick McElfresh. Big nasty. What's How up, you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing fantastic, my brother. What's up?
0: It's so good to have you on. Uh, and, uh, finally, finally, yeah, I look forward to this uh, to this conversation with the. Yeah. Whenever we talk, it's always a great great conversation it's always you know good ideas and also when talking about something we both love like football um there's always that joy there um (laughs) about the sport that we love but also um i always like talking to you and and just learning you know what's new in in your coaching journey and the the kids that you help you know coach and and raise through through school and and what they're doing now it's always it's good to see that in a coach you know, which yes. is uh, loving the sport, loving the job, and and loving the kids, and, and really helping them develop and learn and grow as humans, not just you know football players. So, absolutely. Um, looking forward to this conversation, and I want to start with you know just you yourself, um, a little bit of history. Where where are you from? Where were you born? Where'd
1: you grow up? I was born in Southern California uh 1969 kind of like the orange county orange county uh la area and then uh i don't you know what's weird i don't remember a lot about being down there when i was younger younger it seems like i remember a lot of stuff when my dad moved us to las vegas the summer before my eighth grade year um i mean i remember like family outings and stuff but as far as like trying to think of school uh don't remember a lot about schooling uh, back then it's kind of it's it, it's and I have a unfortunately I remember all the bad things in life for some reason like I can't wow. seem to like when I think back on my childhood before coming to Vegas it's fights that I was in it was bullying that I went through mm. uh when I was young um you know that kind of stuff it's weird it's it's you know it's like my life started my summer year in in Vegas almost so
0: cuz everything yeah. before that is just flashes of fights and
1: not much positive yeah. yeah and then the family stuff you know like my grandma and grandpa um always we always had stuff going on over their house you know i remember that stuff you know but yeah just um not a lot It's weird it's, california
0: it's... wasn't a positive experience for you
1: <laughs> no that just <laughs> Honestly, the racing. I mean, that was my grandfather, my my dad, my uncles. You know, growing up racing. I remember that's what all we did every single weekend was we go out to the races on Saturday as a family. We camp out Saturday night, sometimes Friday night, and then Sunday it's all about racing. You know, dad's out there racing. I'm sleeping under the tailgate of the truck. You know, hanging out with the scorpions and crap. <laughs> I don't know what the hell they were, what they were hell they were thinking, leaving me underneath there all the time. But well, you'll be fine. That, Yeah, those are the good, yeah, but those are the good, man, just the good memories there I have, you know, it's just being on a motorcycle, being on a dirt bike when I was younger, that's, that's, man, that was the greatest thing ever, you know, just riding, I don't know if you knew that about me too much, but I, you know, grew up racing, you know, dirt bikes, quads, and that's the biggest thing, besides my family, that's the only thing I miss about Las Las Vegas, Las Vegas is, yeah, huge racing, you know, capital, not as big as Southern California, but a lot of events within an hour, hour and a half. So all my friends are still racing. I see all their posts, nice. you know, their their kids are racing now. And, they, you know, and, the, and I think to myself, man, you know, if, if I were never left, left Vegas, I guarantee you me and Zachary would still be riding. He'd still be racing with my friend's son. You know, I could see all that. But you know what? Things happen for a reason. So, mm. you know. You go, to, you
0: go down to like a racing to uh like a rate, like is it a tournament or a? It's a, it series. a series. Okay. It's a series, okay. Where is
1: that? Yeah. <laughs> so we just we just finished the Supercross series. There's what they have outdoor racing and then mm-hmm. you have indoor racing. They call it the outdoor is called motocross and the indoor is called Supercross. And uh they go the Supercross is in your big stadiums, so all your big arenas. Uh, across the nation and then your outdoors is like local tracks like we have one here july 23rd at washroo it's the big national of the year the fastest riders in the world will be there so yeah so me and zach used to go to the first race was always held in anaheim california which is so cool to go back because that's kind of where i'm from and they call it anaheim one or a one and that's the big the big opener of the year it's in california the mecca of racing it's a big, big deal. I and Zachary went for almost 10 years to the to opening. And then the last three years, we haven't been too much, you know, COVID hit and kind of screwed up California and stuff, but. but yeah, it's opening up yeah. back now. You're heading back to, you just finished the series. So they just finished the supercross series and the first outdoor race already happened. Uh, last weekend was the first race in, um Pala, California at Fox raceway. And see, once again, I was, I was on Facebook and I see my friend Scott, He's got his truck, his toy hauler, all the quads, the bikes, family, and they're going out to Pala. And he went went out there either Thursday or Friday, camped out for the weekend, you know, you just hang out with friends, fire pit at nighttime, just sitting around drinking and just kind (laughs) of, you know, it's just, man, I, I mean, just, I miss that so much. I saw he was going out there and I was like, man, I almost thought about coming down. And he goes, well, we're going to come down again for the last race of the season here, same place. So If you want to plan to come and come down. So I'm like, man, I'm going to try, but it's football season, September. Uh, I think he said, I think he said September 3rd or something. So I'd have to, I'd have to miss a Friday night game, which I haven't missed a Friday night game since I've been here in Hawkinson 12 years. So 12 years. I've not missed a, a Friday night game. No. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's dedication. Another coach joins
1: us Forrest.
0: Oh, I don't know if I'm another coach, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, how you doing for us? How you doing, man? Um, good, good. Um, welcome in, man. Uh mm-hmm. we're talking uh with Coach Fresh here. Um just uh opening about him uh growing up in Southern California and Las Vegas and <clears throat> his passion following Moto and Supercross. Um Happy Memorial Day also. Yeah. Happy yeah, That's we're recording right. this on uh, Monday. Uh are you guys barbecuing? No. <laughs> I wish. I saw a meme that said no one this year is barbecuing and this generation is trash. <laughs> you oh you actually you know who's at the park? <laughs> JR. Oh nice.
1: JR that figures. Dude. Yeah.
0: Shout out to Jr. and uh, Katie down in Sacramento State. Keep balling, stay balling. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. T- okay. So, t- talking about growing up in Southern California, moving to Las Vegas. Um, what high school did you go to in in Vegas? <laughs> it's called Basic High School.
1: You went to a basic high school. <laughs> That's what everybody says. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's called Basic High School. <laughs> we were the Basic Wolves. <laughs> the Basic Wolves. The Basic Wolves.
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah, man. What uh, graduating class
1: for, for high school? 87. 87, I was gonna say. I know a, both, of you, both of you weren't even born yet, huh? I was <laughs> I was, born, I was uh, actually I seven
2: ago. years old. <laughs> <laughs> I, was
1: I was seven. <laughs> I was born three
0: months after you graduated. <laughs> um nice. what was uh what was high school like in Vegas? Hot
1: <laughs> Dude, football practice, hundred degrees outside. You yeah. know you're in full pads, and coach is making you run a mile after practice with all full gear on. Yeah, and that's ridiculous. He's Telling like, us fat boys going down. Stop complaining, yeah. it's cool enough. <laughs> Telling all of us fat boys we needed to hit it at a certain time. In the mile, we had to all do it again. It was like, come on. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but man, uh, going to school in Vegas was cool, but. It's too easy to it's too easy to be bad in Vegas. Like you ditch, you ditch school, you go down to the strip, you're a tourist. Yeah. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody going, hey, ain't you supposed to be in school? You know? Yeah. They just
0: assume you're on vacation.
1: <sighs> right. So we used to, we used to we used to ditch <laughs> and go to Circus Circus and hit the buffet first and then just hang out upstairs, play games, and then that was it. Go back home. <laughs> But it was where you know it was where really did cool. you get the money? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't. I don't know why I got the money. Actually, <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I guess mom and dad. Yeah, you know what was really cool too about being in Vegas is cruising the strip. Just riding. Just back in the day when you were able to cruise, you know, that's all we did, man. On, uh, even on weekdays, we'd be down there cruising. You know, cruising on on Friday Saturdays. I was really big into the when I was able to start driving, I was really big into the, uh, mini truck scene, you know, like, oh, yeah. uh, I had a lowered 87 Nissan hard body. I started my own truck club. I had, nice. uh, I think maybe, maybe we hit 40 members, 40, 50 members. Uh, it, and then each, it was uh, vision paradise, vision paradise minis. Nice. And, uh, we used to, you know, each club would cruise different nights. So everybody would go out and you'd kind of find a spot along the strip. And then all of a sudden you see a, you know, a group of cars coming down the strip real, 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 real slow. And that would be that cruise club for the night. They would cruise down in front of everybody, all their showing their cars and their trucks and all their show vehicles and stuff like that. We, sweep shut down the whole strip. So that's probably why they stay. they stopped having cruising. <laughs> Yeah, but, but man, it, yeah, that was uh, yeah, growing up vague in Vegas, it was easy to be bad.
0: So when did you uh, when did you decide to leave Vegas? I have so uh, many more Vegas questions though. Wait, hold on, actually. we can we can stay out of Vegas, stuff. Are, are there any uh, do you have any suggestions for tourists visiting Vegas as like a
1: yeah, yes, and I think I think that it's it's missed too often, and it's Hoover Dam. Oh, ah. if if you don't go to Hoover Dam when you're in Las Vegas, it's one of the seven wonders of the world. Hoover Dam is legit. I
0: I don't think of Hoover Dam being in Vegas.
1: It's it's now with the new expressway, it's literally 25 maybe a half hour from the strip.
0: Nice. And it's yeah. and it's totally worth going to. Oh. Standing oh, on top of the dam, looking over. Oh,
1: dude! Yeah. Oh my God, dude! Now they got that. <laughs> now they got that big bridge they put across there. That's worse. Nice. And here's a, here's a here's a pretty bad story about the dam. My good friend, Dad, was a coroner in Vegas for like, over thirty plus years, right? And oh man, he he would show up when people had jumped off the dam like, committed suicide, he would yeah. show up and, and he would explain to us stuff, right? Well, I never saw pictures of that, but he had a pictures. He had a, a, a photo album of all his crime scenes that he went to. Yeah. Dude. And it so we'd, we'd get drunk and look through these pictures, and we would name them, like, Uncle Ollie and shit. And, like, Uncle Ollie was sitting at a table and he had his hand like this, his elbow was on the table and holding his head up. Shotgun was on the floor, barrel in the mouth, click, boom. And all you saw was, like, this whole part of his head was gone, but you can still see it. Oh, shit. That's a little – yeah, it's a little disgusting, man. This, you know, parachute don't open, bam. And the dude's I'll laying there. All and, you know, the,
0: all, just all the death scenes? All the death scenes, dude. That ah. <laughs> has got, got chills, man. That stuff was – uh, <laughs> Were you – no, you were you were out of Vegas by the time Tupac got shot, right? Still- um
1: I left Vegas in 94 but I know exactly where he was shot because we used to hang out on that same corner off of Koval Lane. Mm-hmm. And when he when they turned and went down Koval we man, we used to hang out there all the time right down. So I don't know I left in 94 to open Southwest Airlines up here in Portland. That's how I was introduced to the to the Northwest. i had never been here. I put in my transfer. I would never been up here in Northwest before. Nice. You're just, just like, up- I'm ready to go. Uh, I had a family, I had a young family, you know, Um, Brittany was about three. Rachel had just been born. See, Rachel was born. Rachel was born in 92 and then we moved up here in 94. So just, I didn't want to raise my kids in Vegas. You know, I, that was my, that was our thought process was, Mm -hmm. you know, let's move somewhere new. You know, we always heard how beautiful it is up here and stuff. So that's how I ended up here in the Northwest.
0: You knew all the trouble your kids could have gotten into in (laughs) Vegas. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, so every time they want to go yeah, back I, and him, I was
0: like nope. <laughs> did uh when when was when was when did Tupac get shot? 96, 7 I don't even remember. Uh, it was who, like did they catch did they catch the people that shot him? <laughs> they caught somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when was that? Oh, they caught somebody and he's a Patsy. Something <laughs> yeah. like that.
1: Yeah. <sighs> All right.
0: Well, glad you got out of there. Um, yeah. Go to the Hoover Dam if you're in Vegas
1: Yes, for sure
0: Southwest Airlines What did you do there?
1: Started there 9-11 9-11-93 Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I was like the- Yeah, 9-11-93 I started as a I had my, my first wife's dad uh, He Was a long Southwest Airlines person And then my best friend To this day was my first wife's brother um, he also worked at Southwest and he always tried to get me on. I was like, man, I ain't gonna work that airlines, you know, blah, blah, I was hauling cars at the time. And, and then, uh, that kind of fell through and I got a job, uh, delivering ice. I was the ice man in Vegas. I was delivering about 50,000 pounds of ice a day during the summertime.
0: Oh, damn. yeah, it
1: was. Yeah. So, and, uh, Southwest airlines was low on ice during the summertime. We can't keep up with the ice on the aircraft because the ice melts. So they would their machines couldn't keep up, so they would call in the ice company, bring in bags, bales of ice. So I was delivering ice to the provisioning warehouse, and the guy was like, you know, hey, we're looking to hire provisioning agents, and they drive trucks around the aircraft. So he was like, you drive that big truck, you know, you're used to maneuvering things, and I was like, well, yeah. And I told him about my brother-in-law and my and and the father-in-law, and he was like, oh, I know both of them, blah blah blah. So I ended up getting hired on there. Uh, I was hired on there september of 93 and i transferred may of 94 so i wasn't there in vegas for a long time i moved up here to portland as a ramp agent i went from provisioning to ramp agent when i moved up here what's a uh what's a ramp agent so the ramp agents those fools down there you see throwing bags around all day Mm. (laughs) loading the aircraft i was one of those guys to start out before that provisioning provisioning was my funnest time because all you do is you drive that truck around, you go up to the aircraft, you raise the box up, and you go inside the aircraft, stock all the sodas and peanuts, you know, stuff like that. Um, interact with the flight attendants. So a lot of the single guys, they love Provo because they'd go in there and flirt with What's the flight attendants. I got your peanuts, uh, I got your news uh-huh. right, you know, What you need. Uh-huh. And then I'm we alive. used to we used to we used to leave these little, they were called uh uh little hearts, uh Hero the Hearts or something, I don't know, but were these hearts, because Southwest Airlines is known to be the love airline, mm-hmm. you know. So we would leave these hearts on the planes. Hey, you know, uh, Rick, hope the service is good today, blah, blah, blah. And if they turn those in, you got like, you would win stuff and award and stuff. Well, a lot of the single guys left their numbers. <laughs> the, the flight attendants, yeah. So that's how, and then, man, it could, I know that industry gets a bad rep for that kind of stuff. You know, my wife being a flight attendant, she is, you know, seeing it all. Uh, but you single guys, man, they I I would come to work in the morning and work work the first inbound, and I'd see one of my friends flying in from Phoenix, and I'd be like, Yo, where'd you been? He was like, Yo, remember that flight attendant the other night? And I was like, Yeah. So what they yeah, so what me they would out do to is, Dallas. Exactly. They would say, Hey, I got an overnight in Phoenix tonight. Why don't you meet me in Phoenix? So then the, they the flight attendant oh, would finish. You could jump on a plane. Anytime. Just jump on and go. So those fools would fly into Phoenix, stay the night with them, and fly back the next morning to start work. My wife's not going to like me talking about that. <laughs> that happens that happens in the
0: industry. People use the airplanes to go to nice locations and hang
1: out. Dude, I was, I was so mad when, when Angela first got hired on as a flight attendant. One of her friends called her an air mattress. What? Say, oh, Yo, you're going to be an air mattress? That's how Damn. bad that that's oh how that's bad. the well, that's the uh yeah they get the that's why attendants. they get that's why they get the bad rap. And Anza tells me she she goes, You can see those young girls coming from a mile away, you know, the new younger girls, you know, they're they're drinking, they're partying. And my wife, you know, Angela could drink, so she hangs out with the younger <laughs> crowds and she drinks and stuff with them, but she makes sure to get back to the room safe, and you know, she's kind of taking on that role. So she enjoys it, you know, being a flight attendant. They just get a bad rap for that kind of stuff.
0: (laughs) Nice.
1: When's the last time uh, you flew out somewhere? Man, just got back from seeing my dad. Uh, Yeah, that was really good. Went back, flew into into, uh, Milwaukee. Uh, My dad lives in Kenosha. And then we drove five hours to, uh, man, talk about time capsule. We flew into Iowa to see my cousin. I ain't seen him in a long time. And man, just the, 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 the lifestyle is so different. Lance, they had this house that was almost 7,000 square feet. It was 379. Just huge houses. Just like two something, 175. And you're like, man, oh. just, yeah, just cheap. But then my cousin's like, yeah, but also the income in comparison. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah. So we did that. and Um, yeah, I got back um, about two weeks ago now. So that was the last time I flew. I usually fly a lot, lot more. Usually when football's over, I usually take off. You know, go see family. Duncan, he's kind of taking that away from me a little bit. You know, I got to worry about him. But then my health. You know, the last three years, I haven't been able to feel confident enough to to be flying like I used to. So. But
0: recently, you're starting to feel better. Where you can, or oh yeah, like you had to hit these trips no matter what.
1: Yeah, well, especially the one before that was the Bills trip. And, and the one that we were supposed to go, mm. but I went to Tampa for the Tampa Bay Bills game. That was the last trip. And I had a great time on that trip, you know. Um, I had a great time with my dad as far as my health goes, you know, feeling good. And I was telling him, Angela, the only difference between when I'm flying and why I'm feeling so good, the only, there's only one difference. And that is when I'm gone, I don't smoke. When I'm home, I smoke. So I'm wondering if that's contributing maybe to it's just not affecting me in the right way. I don't know, but yeah,
0: man. mean, when you're when you're gone because you're not smoking, you're feeling better.
1: Yeah, like I'll get up and and just go about my day, and like I'm stressed about I'm gonna feel a certain way, and I don't. And then I'll eat. I eat real. I'll, I eat real bad when I was back there, and I did just fine. But as soon as I got home.
0: <laughs> <Just> like,
1: <right? laughs> bubbly, and bubbly, I've been, bubbly, bubbly. yeah, I've been non-stop ever since. And I'm like, so I feel far, weird. I'm, I'm, <laughs> like, well, look, I'm good, so I'm like, all right, well, shit, I'm good. So, but if I start feeling bad, I'm gonna know what it is. Okay. I kind of pinpointed it, you know.
0: I really so, hope it's not the weed. <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah. really hope we need. Yeah, tell me about it, Forrest. What was the last time you went on a plane somewhere? Oh man.
2: Ironically, actually, it was Vegas, but that was, like, last November. I went to watch – yeah, I went to watch uh, the Aces game. My best friend is married to Chelsea Gray, who plays for the Aces. So, uh, they invited me over, watched the game there, had some good food, sat on the sideline, you know. She hit the winning shot, came over, hugged me on camera. That was cool. All right,
0: Vegas got the sports scene bursting open. uh, They're about to have a baseball team, too.
2: Um, basketball team they're they're rallying for it. but i think the expansion uh they're giving they're giving first shot to seattle and yeah. actually seattle and vegas actually so yeah. yeah in the next two years so they should have but, a basketball uh,
0: team. what is the what should be the nba team name in loss for yeah. the las vegas franchise
2: <laughs> well they already had the aces they got the knights i don't know that's tough
0: it's gonna be something with gamblers. gamblers. There's already a Vegas gambler team, right? Is that the USL USFL team? Oh, is
2: that what they're called?
1: <clears throat> I, there's got to be a gambler, right? There was. There was a. There was a hockey. I mean, like like we had the Winter Hawks here. They had mm-hmm. a hockey team, and it was either the Gamblers or the Ramblers. It was one of, one
0: of those two. Thinking. So what? What are the Vegas sports teams right now? You have the Raiders that moved from Vegas. The Las Vegas Raiders, Raiders. That's the Aces. The Aces. Knights. That's a that's a Vegas name, right? Yeah. The, Knights, the Knights. The Golden Knights. Yeah. Is that the fi- Do the you 51? feel a Vegas bond with the Golden Knights, Rick? No, that was just when no. they drew it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> did they win a title like immediately? They did. They won the title <laughs> the, the year they entered the league. So Vegas yeah. is out here winning games and titles, adding teams. <clears throat> it's inevitable. It happens. Uh,
2: Sports, sports in Vegas, and then all the players are
0: going to want to be out there. I mean, well, there's yeah, there, it's a it's a fun city to be in as an adult. The also, a precautionary
2: tale, uh, Henry Ruggs.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's uh, that goes to what Rick was saying. There can be a lot of bad in Vegas if yeah. you're you're out <laughs> just doing if things. you're young and dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Las Vegas. Buckets, like a, the buckets, <laughs> the buckets, the Las Vegas Dams, the Hoovers, um, um, the Blackjacks. What about something like mafia related?
2: That's what <laughs> I was you gonna say,
1: it's gonna be the Las Vegas Gangsta. Vegas Mob <laughs> Can you see all the bodies they're finding in Lake Mead? Yo, dude. Hey.
0: What, okay, what, what is what are the confirmed numbers? Two bodies? I haven't heard at least two. The it, the the water level in Lake Mead has been dropping, drying up. And as it lowers, I think it's more barrels, than two. Orange. Huh? I think it's more than two already. Damn. Okay. So barrels are being found and drudged up from the falling water and there are bodies
1: inside. And dude, we used to go to this place. We called it Dialed cliffs, dial the cliffs because they were dialed in and I was always shaking shit because a big dude trying to climb up the side of the cliff. I was like, man, you know what? I'm gonna chill out here in the raft and I can check the spot for y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I be a spotter. Yeah. So I would get in the water, then I would go down as far as I could, touch, and then come back up and be like, yo, it's good, it's good. So dude, I was doing that one time and I felt like uh well like a rope on my leg. So I I grabbed this rope and it actually came to the top and then the, the, the top of the rope kind of floated around on top of the water but I have no idea what it was connected to. So I was like, "It's probably just an anchor or something but you're thinking like yo, what is down there? You know, and I started getting freaked out. I was like, I'm done. I'm you done didn't pull done. it up. You didn't slowly <laughs> in the hope. bring the mummy okay.
0: back to the <laughs> <pull up> Jimmy <laughs> Hoffa. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, so, the, the mafia, what is it, the Italian mom decided yeah. to move away from New York and open up, buy some land in Vegas. Because of Bugsy to Siegel.
1: Getting the, Bugsy Siegel the one that brought all that stuff to Vegas. Yep. Bugsy Siegel. A yep. yep. whole movie about it. Yep. What's the name of yeah. that movie? I think it's Bugsy. called
2: Bugsy. Yeah.
0: Nice. Yep. A good movie, actually. He was the, like the, the head of the mom or like the... The no, decided to put this play into motion. To go to the he got the,
1: yeah, he got the mob to give him all the money to go up there, and they were like, because gambling was legal, prostitution was legal, so he wanted to go up there in the middle of the desert and open up this paradise for people to be able to go to and do that kind of stuff. And what sucks is uh, the Flamingo that he built. I always wanted to go see like the original building that he, you know, designed and built there at the Flamingo. And when I went to kind of inquire about it, they had tore it down like a year before. Yeah. And I was like, man, I wanted to see that. You know, it's a
0: history. Yeah. They, they tore it down. And what, is, uh, what did they build in its place? The new me?
1: They just remodeled. It was a section of the back of the hotel casino area. They just remodeled.
0: Sports betting for many years has been frowned upon by like the, the top leagues, the sports like uh, Pete Rose, you know, uh, bet on some games, banned from baseball. Who did it recently in the NFL? Um, oh, Calvin gosh. Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Ridley bet on a couple of games while he was out last year for the Falcons, and he's suspended yep. for, you know, 17 games this season. whole season. Uh, but it's starting to change, right? Because now that gambling is legal in, in many states, uh, in the U S and, um, you know, the NFL, the NBA, all these teams now have like deals with sports books, not like, uh, Caesar, Caesar. changed the, a lot because of online betting. I mean, right, right. So draft Kings, uh, you can regulate
2: it because they're not in one country or one state where it's banned. So, You couldn't be like, no, you can't do it. You can't bet on
0: it because in the country, wherever they're operating out of, it's legal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so so they're not like DraftKings isn't based in America. It's like based in a a legal betting company or country. Yeah, it's kind of
2: like how, um, remember when Shazam was uh, up? You could download music. So they're like, yeah, uh, not Shazam, sorry. Uh, Kazam? Kazam. Why more um,
0: Napster? Let's go.
2: Yeah, so, because they were out of Australia, and they didn't have, like, copyright laws like we did here. So, like, oh.
0: you,
2: yeah, you couldn't shut them down. You couldn't shut them down because the country they were operating out of didn't have the same laws.
0: So, like, the only thing you could do was ban the, 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 the app in your country. But if people had access to the app, they would still have be able to. Yeah,
2: it's like, you can ban it, but, and then people are just going to take the risk of Downloading the app and downloading music. It's almost the same end. principle with sports apps now.
0: They're gonna like get if it you go
2: the, through the if you go through the ones like in Russia, like they have no restrictions. You can bet money there. And just they'll hold the money for you, or they'll give it back to you in like Bitcoin stuff like cool. that.
0: Huh. So. I'm trying. Was there? Um, so the shift is just like now that it's acceptable and and being able to be taxed and.
2: And yeah, right. so I mean, now the government and whoever is the governing body of sports betting is they're realizing if they're not going to be able to ban it, uh, they might as well make some money out of it, but still, they're yeah. going to want to regulate it so they can make more money than than anybody else, obviously. But like, okay,
0: so recently you've had like the fantasy betting stuff, like DraftKings, Fantasy right. Duel, or draft, what is it? Fans, yeah, if, uh, um, <clears throat> and so those kind of opened the door a little bit, but now you have. Caesars has an app. Yep. Um. You know, some of the, the the MGM Grand. Uh, there's all these sporting betting apps that are popping up. Um, our players are not allowed to bet on games because it might affect, you know, the way they play the game. Right. That's the. It's just That's the, the antitrust. Yeah. Getting the the uh, the Black Sox all over again. You know, throwing a game or something for. Right, money or just to go on record. People need to believe that these are
2: shooters. Joe Jackson was innocent, just to go on record.
0: (laughs) Thank you. I need to look into that. That's just like the the example I have. (laughs) The, The sports cheating. Um, but like, okay, so Pete Rose and Calvin Ridley should they be if they're not betting on games with their teams in it or where they're not actually uh you know, touching the game or have their hands on it and affecting it, or do they deserve to be suspended for a whole season or a Definitely. whole, you know, the rest of their life? The people are Definitely. making money off of it now. Definitely.
2: Calvin really has a brother in the league. One of his brothers playing for the team that he's got. Uh,
0: good point. You, know, you just
2: call uh, over to your brother, hey, man, just drop a couple of balls. <laughs> you don't even have to lose. Just drop a couple of those catches, and then we're good, and I'll split the money with you.
0: Yeah. That's so, the, so that's uh, the thinking is that it could it could affect the integrity of the game. Yeah. Uh, what if you bet on yourself? And it makes you play harder.
1: Hmm. I don't know. Like over under for somebody
0: or like you, think- you like all the, every time you bet on a game with your team in it, you bet on your team to win. Like hmm. I'm who Aiden Hutchins were Hutchinson for for the Detroit Lions? I just got drafted second overall. I think this team is great. I'm going to bet on the Lions every week. Is it? Do people think that he's going to then throw those games, or it's possible that he might know somebody else on the other team that could be negative? That too, but also affected. it's
2: tough because you have parlays now. So like, uh, say you bet yourself on the parlay to win still, but. You also have like a parlay bit on the back end where you only make like six rebounds.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's all you have to you know what I mean? I Got it. So, so you, you can, can still affect the you game. You say, I'm gonna score 30 points and I'm gonna right. take the under on all the rest of these statistics.
2: You you basically <laughs> yeah. can control the betting, yeah, if you're playing in the game that you're betting on. Whether you're betting to win or not.
0: Okay. You can you can control certain outcomes instead of it just being like highly competitive everybody on board same level kind of game it it turns into right uh, something that can be influenced where it's not you know 100 competitive okay
2: and and the thing is these are high profile players and coaches that bet on it i mean it's not like the the last guy on the bench is over there betting on a game that guy never gets caught Mm. like calvin Ridley is like one of the top (laughs) keepers in the game like you're getting paid more than everybody else that in your position group why are you betting on games like for fun Okay, and now you got to sit out, you know what I mean, 17 games, <laughs> the whole season.
0: Um, now you have more training to do. Yeah. Um. Okay, so pe- this is kind of similar to, you know, sweepstakes or, or big lottery things where people that work for the company can't or their family members can't uh, be involved. Uh, like the publishing clearinghouse, like people right. that work at publishing clearinghouse aren't going to win that million-dollar check or whatever it is. Um, let's talk about football yeah. and and coaching. How did you end up
1: at Hawkinson High? Um, we so after I moved to Vegas, I mean moved to Portland, bounced back and forth to Vegas a little bit. Ended up in Seattle. Uh, became a supervisor. Ended up going to Kansas City. Uh, I went through a divorce. Ended up back in Vegas. Then then I went to my accident. Had to resign from Southwest, so we were trying to get back to Portland because this is where my kids were, and we had a hard time getting up here because there was no transfer going on. So once I had to resign from the company, Angela kind of had the freedom to, to maybe try to get up here or somewhere when she was able to get to Spokane. So we moved to Spokane in 07, and then uh, in 08, Zachary came to live with us, and he was a fourth grader. So that's when I started coaching. And I coached him fourth and fifth grade, and then she became a flight attendant. Once she's a flight attendant, she can live wherever she wants, as long as she reports to her base. So that gave us the opportunity to move to Portland area to be by the kids, and we were fortunate enough to, love to be enough to have to uh, find a home here in Hawkinson, and that's how I got introduced to the Hawkinson community, and that was in uh, 2010. And you've been coaching there for 12
0: years. Well, how'd you, where'd you? Uh... I've always wanted to coach football. I just don't know where to step in. Like, who do you talk to? Who did you – like, was it just, like, one of the coaches you were hanging out one weekend and he was like, you should come over? Or did you, like, go apply? Was there, like, a, a job so, offer?
1: So, fourth and fifth grade was Zach and Pop Warner. Came over here, sixth grade, CCYF, Clark County Youth Football. And I was just hanging out at practice. And the team mom came over and said, you know – was talking to me and I told her a little bit about I played football blah 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 blah, you know in just high school um had letters of interest and stuff from schools but you know I never really pursued anything and I always kicked myself in the butt about that I wish I'd have been more focused or I wish I knew back then what I know now about football and what it could do for young kids like I was back then you know I would have I would have approached it differently but I used I was so fixed on racing. Like I used to ride the bus home and ride my quad back to practice. And then practice and ride my quad back home from from school. So when I, so when I got here, you know, I talked to her a little bit and they didn't really have a defensive guy. And I've always been a defensive guy. So I started coaching him here at 6th grade and I coached in the youth league here for many years uh and then just kind of fought my way to get into the high school. You know, it took me a little longer than I anticipated to get in there for some other reasons, you know, but I'm, I'm there now. And it, I mean, several years I coached <clears throat> where I was the only coach on the team that knew much about coaching football. So I had to coach teach the other coaches about they were baseball guys. And so I called <laughs> for three seasons. I called every position on the field, defense, offense, special teams, everything. I did everything. I I was never able to turn around and like coach a kid up, you know, because I was calling plays.
0: Yeah.
1: So when I got the opportunity to come at the high school, and I was I made the transition. I I started liking offense, you know. I was like, man, I'm pretty good at figuring this stuff out and seeing things and whatever and matches and stuff. And and I never thought I would, man. I always I was gonna stay on the dark side, you know, just be a defensive dude. And and but man, I tell you what, yeah. once I became an OC. Man, I just I just love it. So I'm very, very blessed to be able to coach at the high school. You know, we got a good reputation out here. The program does. So, you know, I hold my head high and, and wear my, my Hawkinson gear proudly. And, and I love it, man. I hope I can – I'll coach for as long as my body allows me to coach. Nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, I hope that's a, a very much very longer long time. Year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah you being able to coach not just call plays but to coach up these young athletes and to to show them that you know what you wish you would have known where it's like where this game can take you yes um what opportunities are available for you know someone that is playing this game at a high level uh with their their head on straight um you coaching football to get to the to Hawkinson High took a lot longer than you anticipated. What uh, was was there like no one retiring on the coaching staff or no no openings? Um
1: <clears throat> it's, it's <clears throat> I was brought on to the staff. Um, my friend, Mike Davis brought me on and, you know, my arms say prone to rage because I got a temper, you know, uh, and, uh, got into it a few times at some of the youth games, you know, um, kind of lost my mind a little bit, a couple of times and the head football coach happened to be standing over there by the post watching. Uh, but I didn't know that at the time, um, I went to camp with the team. I was a defensive guy. I was fired up during camp, Uh, you know, went up against a couple of teams. This had some kids that were just shit talkers and just starting crap with my kids. And, you know, I started getting verbal about it, you know, so anyways, we come back from camp and uh, I was told I wasn't going to be able to coach at the high school. And he said that uh, my temper was one reason. And then he had, (laughs) this is going to open a whole nother stream here. He found (laughs) out that I do music. My son has been playing my music and some of the seniors got a hold of it. And I come to practice one day and I get out of the car and I hear it down the, down the parking lot. Right. Big like be Sony like day day. I'm like, wait a minute. And then one of the kids went, yo, big nasty. What's up? And then I was like, so that didn't sit. (laughs) You looked at him like, what? (laughs) Yeah. And coach still, Man, super, super, super good dude coast for 33 or 34 years, you know, uh, but he's, but coach still is very, very, very old school.
0: Right.
1: Like he married his high school sweetheart. They've been together ever since, you know, he's just very old school. He was, uh, he was a, uh a, a battalion chief with the fire department, retired from the fire department. His dad was a battalion chief. So you can kind of see the line he comes from, you know, so, when you mix in my temper and my music, talking about things that aren't you know appropriate for you know high school kids, although they all play it. He said to me that <laughs> all it takes is one mom to hear that music and realize it came from one of the coaches that are coaching her son and he could get in trouble for it. And he said that he couldn't just he couldn't do that. So he told me that I had a lot of things to fix in my life. And I took it hard, dude, because I don't usually get uh, 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 um, hit with that kind of stuff. Me, you know, I, I get along with everybody. I, I I'm a very respectful person. I'm, you know, and so I took that hard, dude. Like, like, real hard. That was going to be Zachary's freshman year. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. And um, I was labeled a daddy baller. You know, that I was only coaching because my son was there. Well, I proved them wrong. Now he, he graduated six years ago. I'm still here. Mm-hmm. You know, so they know. Not. I just. Yeah, so what I did was and, – and Coach still told me uh, I had a lot to learn. And, yeah, at that time, I thought I was the shit. You know, I thought I was some this defensive dude, you know, let's go, whatever. And looking back now, I ain't no shit. And so I just – I didn't go away. You know, I, I would coach the – I would show up at the high school practices, just hang out. And he told me to hang out and learn. He said he wanted me part of the program, but I couldn't be a coach. So until,
0: until you learned up.
1: Who knows, man? So yeah, that sounds like a major
0: CYA. Yeah. Just like in his explanation where he's like, if someone heard your music, I could get in trouble. Yeah. You can't be a coach. Like, uh. yeah.
1: And uh-huh. a lot of the a lot of the parents were like why aren't you out there coaching, you know? And I, I, you know, so I've had to deal with that a lot. So
0: you have to like explain to them that coaches.
1: Yeah. And then you see these other coaches that are going up and coaching that are passing me that I know damn well. I'm I'm 10 times a coach they were, you know? And uh, so I just, dude, I put my head down, man. And I, I learned, I spent, I spent three years just learning, just I just kind of scrapped everything, and I just plugged in. And what I would do is I would learn at the high school, that I would go down and 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 teach it to the younger kids. So then when the younger kids came up and there'd be freshmen and stuff, they were ready to roll. Well, Coach Steele started seeing that these kids coming up are good. These kids coming up know what's going on. Well, They've who's responsible coached. for that? Right? Who's responsible for that? Me. Yeah. So he started seeing that, and he told me, uh, "We've had some pretty deep." conversations you know since then but he told me that when I took the um eighth grade kids this one year it was a year a year that I had no help and uh, I took this group of kids and I had seven coaches um I had kids probably 70 percent of my team had never played football <laughs> we went all the way undefeated except for one loss I swear, no, I'm sorry we lost one game and we met that same team in the championship and we, they beat us by a score. So he said that when he saw that he realized I had arrived basically. And I finally got him to let me get my foot in the door, you know, and just, I was a defensive line coach. I helped out coach Carl. And then as far as the offensive stuff, I would just plug in with coach Racinelli, Um, and I learned all his whole system, you know, and I would teach it to the young kids And, you know, those some of those kids that I coached during those younger years are the kids that went on to win state. Now, I'm not saying we want to stay because of me. That's I I mean, that's not even it. But I started those kids and went with them all through that process, you know. So and then now I'm it's not because of
0: my coaching, but without (laughs) my coaching, it definitely would not have happened.
1: (laughs) No, (laughs) we had we had Sawyer Racinelli. Gotcha. Alex Sawyer? <laughs> Dude, he did his other ACL. What? Yeah, he went into the transfer portal. Um, he's at Montana now, Risley's, and he tore the ACL on his other knee. Oh. So he's going to redshirt. He's still going to have three years of eligibility. So he'll be good, man. He'll be good. I talked to him. He's a good spirit. So
0: Good, good. Man, that ACL recovery is what, nine months to a year? Not anymore. <clears throat> They do it quicker than that, mm-hmm. it seems like. Yeah. Oh, damn. Nice. Good. <laughs> yeah. Technology. Yeah. No. I'm with when I was in high school, you told your ACL. I was like, all right. It's cool. All, all right, right, man. That was a nice career. <laughs> right. I'm just going to be a lawyer now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to listen to my
2: parents now and go to class. <laughs>
0: <laughs> man. <Yeah. laughs> I'm gonna, uh, uh, I think I'll listen to my parents now. Right. When, uh, when you guys are coaching – what, uh, what makes you, you talk about, Rick? you talk about what you learned to become, you know, a good coach or to be accepted as having arrived. When I think about the best coaches that I've had, they kind of help you. All coaches have a different style, right? Like some are hard, some are like players coaches, you know. Um, but I think just helping you see and understand the game is one of the things like you're going to, you're going to have different levels of motivation from your, from your kids or whatever. But <clears throat> uh, one thing I wanted as, as an athlete was, I don't know what the hell's going on out here. So if you could just explain to me what I need to be looking for, uh, that would be very helpful because I'm falling all over this field and I don't know, again, <laughs> stiff-armed left and right. Uh, <laughs> when you're coaching, is it just I got to teach these kids these plays? They got to get sharper at these routes. Is it you know um, kind of like more the ideology of the sport? What you need to be you know prepared for mentally? Um, what did you guys? Uh, I guess what are your guys' coaching styles? How do you? How are you guys good coaches? What uh, uh Forest? When you're coaching, what are your uh, what do you make sure to do? Uh
2: man, I was. I guess, I don't know if, depending on how you look at it, I was fortunate enough to get in, like, really young for basketball. I didn't start actually coaching football until, like, later. And I only coached, like, in the Pop Warner um, uh, years. But for basketball. Um, yeah, even in basketball, too. Yeah, I I uh, I, what was that? I took a break from college. <laughs> I took a break from college after my freshman year, went home. And I was, uh, I went to just actually go get a run at the my high school. And it just so happened they were looking for a basketball coach. And my first cousin, who had taken a break, there you go. <laughs> he had taken a break from college too, uh, was home. They were trying to offer him the job, but he was trying to go back to school. So he offered me the job. And I was like, sure, I'll take it. And you know,
0: uh,
2: I think I was like, man eh, 20 at the
0: time. a year old high school basketball coach?
2: Right, you know, at, so, and so and he was the actual, he was the athletic director which is funny because he also coached very young, coached me at a young age. So, like, it wasn't like Coach Fresh where he got to, where he was speaking to a coach where he was old school. I I was literally driving my high school basketball coach home from parties. I was his designated driver. He'd take me to the parties because I was his designated driver. Uh, but I got there, I was young, and I, I related to the players a little easier. So I've always been a player's coach because they've always been around my age. And then just okay. growing up now, even the players I coach now, like, We're still – I can still relate to them. So, uh, yeah, I've always been like a players coach. Um, And my thing is – Relatable? And I'm always wanting to be on the court. As as slow as I am now, you know, out of shape as I am now, I'm always trying to be on the court. Like, I want to be hands-on because that's just the way I was taught and I can show you better. But like you said, Lance, there's some kids will catch it naturally. You know what I mean? You don't really have to worry about them too much. You can see – you can see on the field, on the court – doesn't matter you can pick pinpoint those kids and just be like all right I don't have to work too much with him
0: you know he knows what they, they right. know what's going on they're already a baller right but there i gotta, are kids I gotta help need. this one yeah. that doesn't know how to pivot
2: <laughs> so my center i'd always he, it'd always be a kid my center and my power forward would be the two biggest tallest kids from the football team would be out there just <laughs> lumbering around like so lost and I'm like, all right this is what I want you to do man every every practice but this is what i'm gonna show you with you're going to box out. You're going to rebound. You're going to turn around. You're going to be the best outlet passer ever. And you know what I mean? You just show them that. Repetition. Repetition. And like you said, that, some of those kids need that. You know what I mean? And yeah.
0: But they also have to be willing to learn. You know? You can't just yeah, be out there. You can't there, coach up someone who doesn't want to be coached. Coachability. Right. Because
2: right. you have those kids, too, that come out there and be like, I not know how to play ball. And then, you know what I mean? They turn around, grab a rebound, and at six four. Three hundred ten pounds, try to go around the back all the way up the court.
0: You know what I mean? Like, bro, that's not your avenue. I just need you to dribble up the (laughs) sideline, please. All I I need you to do is,
2: if you need to dribble, you're taking two dribbles out to the side and then giving it to somebody else. That's all I need you to
0: do. (laughs) Your dribble cap is is two.
2: uh, Like you said, Coach Fresh probably knows two. You you have to know your players. You have to know your players. And if you don't know your players, it's difficult. It's going to be difficult. You'll bump heads with some of these kids. And if you go deeper, it's also – you also have things going on uh, off the court, off the field. They have things going on. So if you're an actual coach, like coach, coach, you're going to find out those kids who need that extra help. Not everybody's going to need it, but that goes a long way to uh, a lot of players these days. Like back then it was just like, yeah, I'm just coming to play. These days these kids, they don't have the same problems we had, and they don't they don't deal with them the same. Like mm-hmm. then we were just like, hey, take your problems in your back pocket, get on the court, get on the field, you'll be all right.
0: You are coming to football to run away right. from your problems for a couple right. of hours. Okay. Right. You know, keep that shit at home.
2: Right. So, I mean, you're more of, you're more than a coach these days, I think, because you're a therapist, you're a parent, you're a doctor, you know, you're a recruiter, you're their agent now with all the NIL deals going into high school. That's even more difficult for coaches now. So I feel for coach fresh because pretty soon he'll have to deal with that. You're going to have mm-hmm. kids, uh, you're going to have to start recruiting kids. Like, they do in college now because the NIL, NIL deals will be coming to high school very soon,
0: if not oh. already there. Right. Yeah. Um, Rick, do you, you ever have any knuckleheads
1: uh, on the football field? Dirty? Your- dirty. 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 Remember Dirty? The big, big ass redheaded kid. Okay. So you was the remember red-head. Dirty? I thought you were talking about the club.
0: Oh. <laughs> He's like, do you remember Dirty? And I was like, I was there for a long time, Rick. We were there. We were there every night at 9:30. Dirty <laughs> is
1: worse than dirties. <laughs> oh damn. Yeah. Wait, so, what, what was his problem? So, like Forrest, I'm also a player's coach. You know, I and 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 the way I look at my me being successful is I can make a difference in one young man's life for a season. I'm successful. I don't care mm-hmm. what my record is, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've spent a lot of hours off of the field in homes with single mom that, you know, is struggling to, to, to raise her boy. Dad's on drugs all the time, you know, like, like Forrest was saying, these kids got stuff going on outside the field that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. And then we're not ever going to know about them unless you open up to them and learn about them and become friends with them. I mean, I text, I get text messages for so many, so many kids, you know, that are playing Idaho state. You know, playing in Montana. Those kids text me after football games, before football games. You know, I got the younger ones that are still knuckleheads. I got quarterback's going to be a junior. I've been coaching them since sixth grade. We got spring ball starting tomorrow, and he didn't know about it.
0: <laughs> He's
1: like, "Coach it's but, a three day weekend." What? <laughs> yeah. So you know, at the lake. Yeah. yeah, being a being a player coach, I I enjoy better. I don't like those guys that are, that the players don't like, you know, I mean, it, weird, you, right? yeah. Like I, I'll watch a, a coach do things or say things or, 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 yell at a kid and that kid's running back by me. And I can just look in his eyes and see that he's pissed. And he was like, and he's, as he's going by, he goes, I can't stand that dude. Why would you want to be that coach? Yeah.
0: You definitely you know? don't want to be that player. Right. Like, yeah. man, why am I getting yeah. yelled at when I'm trying my hardest or, yeah, am I, you know, being humiliated in front of all my brothers and teammates?
1: Yeah. yeah. And they do that. And I can't stand it. You know, I got into it with one of our coaches, you know, <laughs> this is after I'd been accepted on to the end of the program. Once you stuck it. your way on? <laughs> yeah. Got into it a little bit, you know, with one of the coaches at camp and it, it was, you know, Kids were asking questions, and it kind of just blew them off, and, and I didn't like that, you know. Uh, and I was tired. I had gone to work at the club that night, Friday night, and went to straight to the camp that next morning. So, yeah, I was tired. So I was probably a little grumpy, you know. But, yeah, man, I just don't understand why you would want to be that that type of coach. Listen, haven't those type of coaches,
0: those, like, hard-nosed coaches, found success in the past? <clears throat> Aren't those, like, the – That's different, the – yeah, like, you know yeah. That, but. like,
2: like Coach Fresh will tell you, everybody. It's such a different day and age. Like back then, you were meant to just like coaches didn't want to hear, and you were taught that like you're just gonna go, to, you're gonna go to practice, you're gonna listen to what he says, no matter what happens, and mm. what he says is right. But it's different. I mean, now you know, like kids know that they're kids, and uh, if you're gonna go to practice and you're that coach, that means you haven't grown up because you're the adult at the practice. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to figure out. <laughs> If if it's if he's having a problem, you gotta be the adult and find out what the problem is. He's yeah. not there, like most of the time, not nine out of ten times. I mean, there is gonna be that one kid that's just a little dickhead. You know what I mean? Like, but you don't have to be a dick <laughs> too. You just you're gonna you're gonna find for him something to do. So he's not that much of a dick. But most of the yeah. time, there's something behind the problem. If he's not, you know what I mean, responding to you some way or it looks like he's not figuring something out right, it's because there's something going on. Mm -hmm. And you
0: got to be adult to find out what's going on. So before it was, I don't care about your personal problems. You show up to this team, you, you know, you are going to give me the effort, the level of effort. You're on my time. time. Like, I don't, I'm not wasting my time out here, not coaching people that don't want to listen. Like, is it, is it, I mean, but does that become like, the, the the toxic over I'm gonna try to think okay so as a coach you have to coach up what you know what you're given right so if you think a player isn't giving you hundred percent and is it just like I can't be friends with these athletes I am their coach sort it was that level of separation but now it's understanding more that they're not just you know athletes they're people and there's <clears throat> there's there's more to their life outside of your game that you're trying to teach them.
2: Right. You don't have to be their best friend, but they got to know that you care for them. If they're going to go out there and play for you, they want to know that they're playing for somebody that cares for them. Simple.
0: You know, yeah. I'm trying to think why I ever gave really good effort to a coach that was like, you suck.
2: Because you wanted to prove that you want it's it's so, like being like at home. father issues. Exactly. Like, like being at home. You want, exactly you want me. Exactly. <laughs> that's why kids do it. And that's why they I mean, those are the athletes that turn out into kids that'll do anything to be good. And that's not always a good thing. Because, you know what I mean? They they end up they just end up being the dickhead on the team.
1: Yeah. Dirty. You know, when I
0: when what, is, about, what is dirty's first name? <laughs> Nathan. I like Dirty
1: better. <laughs> Dirty's better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my, I met him. He came to us um, as an eighth grader. And day one, we butted heads because I was I was defensive coach then, and I was defensive line coach. And um, he, you know, when we played the 3-5 system on defense, your, your front three guys have to maintain a gap have to. So what that means is if you got a kid that's used to wanting to get upfield you know, and, and get to the quarterback, we're going to be killed. He has to slant to a certain side and maintain that gap. You sit behind, you, you sit at the offensive alignment heels. You don't want to get two, three yards deep. I'm going to kick you out and run right underneath you. So we, we and then the, the, the linebackers, the five will come up and fill holes. Well, he did not want to listen. And I come to find out later was because the previous school that he came from, he was so big and so dominant that they just told him to do what he wanted to do. So he'd go out there on the line and he'd move kids around. He wouldn't get Ooh. in a stance. He would stand up and blitz or he would, you know what I'm saying? So he wasn't coachable. So we hit it day one. We got into a big-ass argument, you know. In a, but today, we're the best of his friends. I was the only coach – that went to the airport to see him fly out when he went to go he had, he went to a school in uh, Florida It's a school for kids that struggle with grades that do have some, you know, off the field stuff, you know, and he's doing real well down there, you know, and uh, we stay in touch, you know, you know I'm saying, but our relationship didn't start that way, you know, but I, I never gave up on him. And I'm going to tell you something, Lance, I'm not going to go through the whole story with him, but from eighth grade to the day that kid graduated was not easy. He was the most and even our head coach says we don't win our first state title without him. That's how dominant he was. Yeah. And yeah, and um he uh he did he just he just he had a temper, boy he had a temper he couldn't control. And his last game for us was a playoff game. And he we told him, you know, you get into it, you get a penalty or whatever. You know, we're going to sit you. You know, he had gotten a couple of penalties during the first half. So we go into halftime and we're talking to him, pull them aside, you know, trying to calm him down, and get him to focus. And we did. And we go out to start the third quarter. And the A.D. says he, he's not playing in the second uh-huh. half. So now we have to go tell him this. He took off his shoulder pads and his helmet and he threw them onto the football field, and he flipped everybody, the bird. And then the police had to come get him and escort him off, of, off of the, out of the, out of the stadium. What year was this? That was, let me see. That was, let's see. We won in 17, 18 semis in 19. Uh, could have been 19, 2019. <laughs> He get yep. the
0: Antonio Brown. They told yep. him he wasn't
1: going back in, and he was like, "All right." Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And uh, he was not allowed to graduate from Hawkinson. He was not. He, nope. He was not allowed to graduate from Hawkinson. Uh, he he paid the price for that, you know. And um, I talked to his mom and dad now, you know. And there's one of those situations, you know, where I've reached out to him and I've stuck with him and I've helped him you know, throughout these years, his mom and dad would always contact me, you know, Hey, Nathan's doing this. Nathan's doing this. You know, can you please call him? Can you do this? You know? And I always did. that kind of, I want to see him succeed. And he's got the ability, you know, he's got the size and stuff, you know, um, I just hope he does good. You know, I pray for him. And, and, and last I heard he's doing good. He had a, had to have ankle surgery or something, but he's still pushing forward and, 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 you know, that's all I could ask from the kid, you know. But he was one of those kids, the first one that popped my mind when you said, you know, some Knuckle of those hands. kids. Are, yeah, <laughs> you're like, ah, yeah, dirty.
2: <laughs> and, and as difficult as as those kids are, those are always going to be the kids that stick with you forever. Because, yep, one, you put so much time into it, and, and two, you want to see them succeed. So, no matter where they go. Even if, like, God forbid, they end up in my jail or something, you're always going to be wondering about where this kid's at, whether he's eating. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Those are the kids. Oh. Yeah, they Those are the ones that you. And when they do finally succeed in not just football, but or basketball, baseball, when they succeed in life, that's those are the ones that are going to make you feel like, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? It was worth me, you know. What I mean? Coach a little I, yeah, That's a big boy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got to place your dirty right now. He's bigger than you. Oh dude, he's he's a monster.
1: Nathan.
0: <laughs> Shout out to yeah. Keep it going. Yeah, Nathan. that's
1: Nathan. <laughs> yeah. Um
0: what's it like winning a state championship?
1: Twice. <laughs> man, uh I give all the glory, man. Not only God, but that coach and staff that I'm very blessed to work alongside of, you know. Um, I had a very minor part in that win in those wins you know but um i mean I, I did all the stats so i guess i'm the stat dude you know but uh i'm a jv guy so those varsity coaches are the shit you know coach racinelli is you know he's been my mentor as far as oc you know um he played football he played quarterback at boise state and then eventually portland state back in the day but man winning that state title was uh it's so cool not only for us but when you come back to the community you know, Hopkins is such a small community that when we came back, the whole town stayed up. We didn't get back into town till like one o'clock in the morning. It seemed like you know we—I don't remember what time we got back, but we come back and they got the fire trucks out there. You know, <laughs> water and you know, parade from the freeway about all the way into the school and uh, just seeing the community come together was, and to go back and do it again was just, yeah. It was it was it was insane, and then we lost in the semifinals in 2019. So we had a shot to go back a third time, but yep. But uh, beating Tumwater is just you know. Tumwater pretty- is a uh, is like an establishment. Like uh, they're pretty good. So here's the deal with Tumwater: to stay 2A, let's say you can only have 1,200 students. They have 1,198 we have 600 okay at most so they got this huge pool, to yeah. pool you know we don't that's why they they've won you know when we beat them they had won like eight out of the last 10 championships
0: yeah for 2a yeah are, so are they supposed to be a 3a they should be if they had two more students <clears throat> yeah but the, are they doing that on purpose
1: yes that's the thing <laughs> of course they <laughs> yes. are. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, Ridgefield, Ridgefield's growing like crazy. Mm-hmm. There's no way they could stay under the two-way banner. But oh, I don't know honey? how far yeah, I don't know how far they are from the numbers, but and I can't has, stand some
0: water. Has Ridgefield started growing because the new casino is out there or more people are
1: moving out there? I think just this area growing, period. Like I mean, we put in 950 homes out here in the last three years. Oh that's good. just in this area. Right. And, and in Richfield. Yeah, Richfield's going freaking bananas out there. I mean, new new middle schools looks like a damn university. It's beautiful. <laughs> Yo,
0: there is a there is a high school out here in uh, outside of hillsborough that is like they've got a practice field for their practice field. And um, it's like everything's <laughs> like manicured turf and there's like a there's a running track around all the it's we can't I, even get a lot of money and a bunch of a bunch of new housing projects just went up around that high school. So I'm like, OK, property taxes, you know, big investments, all that. Um, state championship, Tumwater is cheating with their, <laughs> yeah. their population. Um, wait, OK, so what one A is the smallest and then six A is the biggest.
1: Well, in in Oregon. In Washington, four A's is the biggest. Okay, but yeah. those are are those
0: do do Washington and Oregon the do the A's have the same uh, number scale? That's a good question. I'm not sure. It's just is it's it's different for the state. Um, that kind of I didn't even understand the pools and stuff, uh, like the player pools, until uh, Tafuna High School started winning a lot. Because they were the only <laughs> high school with a 1,000 kids to, to choose from. And then Votek was like, had 100 kids?
2: Something like that.
0: And like, had to piece together their football team. So it was like, oh, I'm kind of starting to see these disparities in populations.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, hey, I played at Marist. And let me tell you, I had to play both ways all three
0: years what I'm I saying. The smaller schools have fewer people. So they have fewer players. So those players now have to play both ways, and they're going to be tired. And guess who's going to be running the ball in the fourth quarter? Exactly. Not them. They're going to be grim run over.
2: My senior year, we we played Talfuno our first game, and uh, we were playing offense, and I was playing running back. So we went four out. (laughs) <laughs> mean, like the whole Tafuna <laughs> defense went out, and none of us on offense went out. We are just like, "Alright, get to your position."
0: <laughs> oh no! <laughs>
1: hey, is this is this Tafuna or whatever you said? Can you see those guys? I Yo, think that's fine, Tua. Oh yeah.
2: That,
0: I was just going to ask about your trip. Oh you man, went out, you went out to Samoa, to American Samoa. Where else did you West
1: guys go? Samoa went to Western Samoa first.
0: That was crazy. From so from like PDX to Western
1: Samoa Yeah, I we mean I went PDX, LA, Auckland and then Apia right. in Western Samoa. Straight to Apia. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And From then Australia. we stayed there. We stayed there for five or six days. Find out later that I ate dog in Tonga. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, man?
0: What what was the what were the what was the flavor profiles before lamb. you? It was lamb. like a lamb Uh
2: Uh-huh. That's what I was told. You know, Sammy. When I was a senior in high school, we have Samoan Day where we have like all kinds of Samoan festivals. And we had a Tony kid in my class and he was put in our group. We have clubs. And so they were teasing him the whole time because he was like, you know, the whole whole year they just teased him (laughs) because he was talking about dogs. So this fool (laughs) volunteered. He goes, I'll roast the pig. (laughs) I was like, all right, so we went to his house. He goes, listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm gonna tell you guys, because you guys never fuck with me the whole year. I'm gonna cook two things. I'm gonna cook one dog, I'm gonna cook one pig. The pig we we're gonna to give to the guests at the school, the dog we're gonna to give to the kids that have been fucking with me all year.
1: No. <laughs> so
0: man said, all right, so we were
2: man, it was too no, funny. All right, just make
0: you. sure I get the pig. <laughs> right, no, he,
2: so he distributed the pig to all the guests and he gave us some, and then when we were done performing. He called all the kids in the back, hey, we got an extra pig I made and you all right. That fool sat there, watched those dudes eat it the whole time, and they just hey, guess what? That's a dog and they went home. <laughs> I was like oh.
0: <laughs> I've never and seen so what? much
2: mommy in my life.
0: <laughs> He's like, I'm out, but uh
1: Yeah I'm out. By the way, Robert. that's a dog. <laughs> oh my goodness. And you know what's crazy is we all after that, because it was right after that when we flew to America Samo and we all had Bowel issues, and I'm like, <laughs> and that's when it came out because Josh told me, and I was like, Man, come on, Josh is a big tongue, you don't know, go, Josh, yeah. And uh, then Sammy was laughing at me because he knew fucking Sammy, <laughs> like, you didn't nah, that know trip, that you ate dog that trip, that trip was uh, man, um, why'd you guys go?
0: Timo, Man, who'd you who'd you go with? When, what year was this?
1: 2019? Oh, so this was uh it was it was I turned 50 in that March, so that would have been 19, 2019. Mm-hmm. Damn. That was right. Yeah, 18 or 19, yeah. And uh I didn't really do much for my 50th birthday, you know. And uh, Timo was, I was talking to him one day about it, about my birthday and stuff. And he was like, why don't you go to Samoa with me? And I was like, for real? He was like, yeah, I'm going in July, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right. So I talked to the wife and next thing you know, I'm buying tickets to Samoa. And I'd never been like, (laughs) uh, I mean, I was on that plane for 13 hours. Yeah, that's what I'm going to
0: say. You like, you back problems? Dude, I took, so many,
1: I took so many edibles on that flight. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was the only way I got through that, man. Was and thank god nobody sat next to me, so it wasn't that bad. You know, it was right. it was cool, so but yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, uh the biggest thing I took away from my visit to Samoa was the culture. The the family values are just just amazing to me, you know. I just I just enjoyed it all, you know, and, and so everybody's so friendly. Like I rented a car and I drove around America, Samoa by myself for two days. I wanted, I hit every little, any road that went on the island, I drove on it.
0: Nice.
1: And uh, every, <laughs> every little village I drove through, I made sure that, you know, I just smile. You know, I had read up a lot about things you do and don't do, you know, like there's Ooh. prayer time every, you know, the, yep. you know, yep. stuff like that. So I made sure to be aware of that. Um, you know, everybody was just super, super nice, man. Just, just that's, uh,
0: that's yeah. probably a, a good travel tip when you're going to certain countries is to research their customs and to see yeah. what is respectful and what is, what is that, like frowned yeah. upon a lot. What are, what are some other things you said? Uh, Oh, there's the saw when there's a, you know, a church time. Curfew. Prayer. <laughs> <Yeah. Curfew. laughs> um, there's a guy standing out on the road. They're like don't turn into any of these. Also drive very slow next to us. Yes. (laughs) Um what else? What else what else did you uh what are Um, some customs that they said don't do?
1: mm, Um nothing comes to mind right after bat. I have to think about it. Don't be
0: super aggressive and just I I you're not from here. Be respectful.
1: Be respectful. Yeah, you know. Um yeah, just that's the biggest thing, man. Just being respectful. Uh Timo, I love him to death, man, but he always plans so much to, to crowd into a day, you know? And we rode in this, we rode into this little ass van, little ass Toyota van. And Josh, he you got, got Bruce, Josh, <coughs> Sammy, Timo, me, and two other people, the cops, Jason and Heather, in a little ass van, dude. And we were in this van. We had to drive all the way over in Western, in Western Samoa. We drove all the way over the mountains down to the other side of what was called. Mm-hmm. That was so long, but when, when we finally got there, though, I mean, it was man, it was it was gorgeous on that side of the island. I don't know if it was north side or what. I don't know. It was the only sandy area. Because Samoa was surprisingly real rocky. Everything rocky just,
0: volcano. It, yeah. 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 We. I, like, yeah. You, I wish it was. Sandy, sometimes there's two dollar <laughs> beach, and even two dollar beach got the rocks. Like, no, bro, I went...
2: they, they were in Apia, so it was probably like Lalo Manu on, oh,
1: okay. on that side of the island. But I, I stopped at two dollar beach though when I rented the car.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I stopped there. I was like, okay. I remember reading about two dollar beach, right? I saw these pictures. I was disappointed as hell, man. I was like, "Boop, man!" You know, sandy nothing.
0: <laughs> it's a little, it's a, it's a little housing thing with a bathroom. <laughs> Yeah, but there's like a yeah waterway. There's a a big mountain <laughs> thing on the other side, and that's was it still two dollars? Did they get hit with the inflation? No,
1: it was five dollars. Five dollar beach. <laughs> yeah,
0: sounds different.
1: I know, right? When but, did uh,
0: uh? And so what uh? What did you guys when you're driving around? <laughs> see, when's the next time you're going back?
1: Man, you know. I would go back as my next trip, but I got to get to Scotland, bro. I got to get to Scotland. You ever my, wife is, my wife is tired of hearing about it. You know, <laughs> I send her stuff like on TikTok. Be like a, a little short clip of this castle in Scotland. I just send it to her. And I'll see something else send it to her, right? I just send her all this <laughs> stuff. I know she's tired of hearing about it. If we were able to do it, man, we would go, you know. But I'm definitely going to Scotland before I go anywhere. Nice. But ne- if I place. if if I ever get the opportunity to to go back to Samoa, I will be better prepared. I think uh I was real worried about eating there because I'm so fucking picky about eating. Yeah. You know, so you got, you've had stuff like dietary problems, right? You can't eat certain things. Right. But then you take away, wait, not just that, I don't like I mean, y'all gonna y'all gonna razz me for this. I don't like to eat chicken off the bone. Okay. Right. I don't like to eat chicken outside. And what's the first thing we do? We get there <laughs> chicken and we outside. And I was like, oh, <laughs> hell <no." laughs> So I'm like picky and, you know, trying to just, y'all got a hamburger <laughs> Yeah. So it was hard for me because I'm so damn picky, you know, and your guys' diet, when you eat over their stuff Is stuff that I don't eat, mm-hmm. you know, so that was, that was hard for me is, is, is eating over there, you know. I found that hamburger joint, hamburger and fry place in uh in Western Samoa. Man, I bought like six hamburgers. Snuck <laughs> that shit back in the room.
0: <laughs> like I am taking these just in case. <laughs> you stop yeah. at another outdoor chicken spot. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you got to go and enjoy that uh, with them and, yeah. and experience that. That's dope. Now you have that perspective to kind of share with other people about you know yep. our home
1: yeah, coach, tammy bro, coach. I love it. I absolutely love it. I uh, you know uh,
2: Coach Fui was planning on taking a, an actual like a oh yeah football camp out there. Uh, no, yeah, he's he's planning uh to take a uh, his camp out there and, and for a summer. So I don't know what summer he was planning. I know he was uh planning like right at the end of COVID because he was trying to plan for when the island actually opens up and. I think the flights back home should be opening up around August. So uh I don't know when he's planning, but I know he's still planning to take his right. uh, his people out there to run a camp.
0: Yeah, that's dope. They they uh the Oregon the Oregons go out to, to Coach Fooey and the, the Oregons and the yeah. IBC. Um they yeah. they're having tournaments and stuff and playing and winning like uh yeah, they, they be, right now. they have be killing.
1: Yeah. yeah, be just, yeah. Uh, be up. Um that would get me to go to Samoa before going to...
2: Yeah, that, that's why I mentioned it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: the... the,
0: camp. Uh, the camp. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Uh, that'd be like a work trip, you know what I'm saying? Yes. You handle if you that. want to call it that. <laughs> call it that. Yeah. Um, the Buffalo Bills are going to win the Super Bowl this season. How do you feel? Or they've been... Sorry, they've been projected
1: to win the Super tell- Bowl. <laughs> Bro, I was telling you earlier, it's... i gotten used to... Not not that I didn't give a shit, but if the Bills lost, I was like, ah, shit. Change the channel kind of, you know, I'd be upset, but yeah. I got it. So, you know, there's been 16 quarterbacks since Jim Kelly. 16 Bills quarterbacks?
0: Yeah. How many can you name?
1: Oh, shit. I'd probably maybe six or seven. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe if I thought about it, maybe more than that. Shoot. You got Fitzpatrick. You got I – I'm real bad with names, but I'm real good with numbers. Barkley. Barkley? Matt Barkley? Matt Barkley was a oh, the quarterback man. there. Yeah, I not remember that. Drew Bledsoe. Bledsoe. Um That's Fruity the Flakes. The Fruity Flakes. <laughs> Doug Flutie. Flutie. <laughs> yeah. Um Oh God. I could picture all these guys. I'm just so bad with names. I could picture you, them all. You just
0: like when when they were playing, you didn't really want to pay attention. It was that bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, I watched every game still, you know, I would go, like in Vegas, I'd go to the sports bar in the morning and I'd sit there all day, dude, I would eat breakfast and lunch there just watching football, I'd have like all my parlay cards, all my bets laid out all over the <laughs> table, and i order my big ass ham and cheese omelet with my sourdough toast, and I'd sit there and watch my bets all day long while Angela, because she worked a day shift, so I'd drop her off at the airport, and i go sit my fat ass at the bar all day long, lose all my damn tickets... Be drunk at the end of the day. <laughs> <You know? laughs> How often
0: did you hit on those big parlays? You only got to hit <laughs> once every couple of times, right? But
1: yeah, and I always did that four teamer because it paid ten to one. So I always thought I'll do these crazy bets, but, but always have a couple of good four teamers that I I felt good about. So if I hit that, it covered my bets for the week. You know.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. If I never hit anything huge, maybe four or five hundred dollars. When. When uh, we went to Vegas for my thirtieth, we flew in on a Sunday. We left Sunday morning for PDX, and we got there at like eleven, maybe like ten something. Uh, But the games kick off at—I don't—I had like thirty minutes to get to the sports book, (laughs) and so we went before we stopped at the Airbnb. We drove down to like it was MGM or Caesars. It might have been Caesars. yeah, and they just had to, like, circle the parking lot <laughs> while what? I ran inside and placed, like, an A-team parlay, like, my first Vegas bet ever. I get to the counter, and the guy's like, what do you want? And I'm like, I would like to place a, a parlay? And he's like, what the fuck? Uh, do you have the teams? And I was like, what teams are playing? And he's like, oh, my God. He points up at the big the board, and he's yeah. like, just tell me on that board who you think is going to win a game, and I will put it down for you. And I was like, okay. And I started. I looked at the matches. I was like, I think them, 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 this team, this team, that team, that team, this team. He's like, how much money? And I was like, $100. And he, shing, here's your ticket. Next. And I was like, oh, my <laughs> bad. This is like five minutes before kickoff and still a long-ass line. So they are just trying to, who is this rookie?
1: And
0: I was like, <laughs> All right. me. I went six of eight. Uh, yeah, but <clears throat> yeah. I didn't hit. I look forward to placing more. I'm glad I don't have the sports app on my phone because I'd be betting <laughs> a lot more frequently and probably <laughs> losing a lot more frequently. But. Yeah.
2: It's funny that you're a Bills fan. Uh the people that I work for, the bar that I work for, they own uh the bullpen, which is uh it's a club only, it's a members only Bills uh bar. Oh in shit! Or in... Right next, right next to where the uh, the Timbers play, it's like right across the street.
0: Oh, here hey. in Portland. Yeah. Hey. Is yeah. there a is there a Bills fan club in Washington that you go to, or you usually watch
1: games by yourself? No, I go to a Bills bar downtown Portland, not that one he's talking about. But I went to with uh, Fileo and, and Junior lat, when the Bills are going like last year. Mm-hmm. It, it was cool, man. It was a whole Bills bar, like it was pretty dope. So. If I can't get it on TV, that's probably where I'll go. Either that, I'll just go to hooligans or something. But yeah, man, it's, I love those. Let
0: me know if any of these names sound familiar. Since Jim Kelly, <laughs> Todd Collins, oh yeah, Alex Van Pelt, I was him. I couldn't. I remember him. Rob Johnson, Drew Bledsoe. He was all right. Not for the Bills. He was all right, but not when he was getting for the Bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. J.P. Lossman. Oh God. <laughs> Kelly Holcomb. Trent Edwards, Ryan wow. Fitzpatrick, Brian Brom for one game. The hell? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, was, uh E.J. Manuel, Chad yeah. oh, right. Lewis, Jeff yeah. Toole, <laughs> Kyle Orton, yeah, Matt Castle, Nathan yeah. Peterman, Derek Anderson, Matt Barkley,
1: and Josh Allen. So it's gotten and Josh, better. And Josh Allen is number 17. There have been 16 quarterbacks, and now he's number 17, and he wears 17. He's the 17th quarterback.
0: <laughs> he's number 17. How do you like uh, having Josh Allen quarterback your favorite football team?
1: Man, I dove into Josh Allen, man. I went and learned about him, watched documentaries about him. The kid fits. You know, he's from a small town. He doesn't like the big, like, L.A. hype type stuff, you know. He he likes it quiet and small town. Buffalo's perfect. You take the bills away from Buffalo, you don't have anything. I mean, Niagara Falls. <laughs> you know, there's not or, much to <laughs> What is it called? The what?
0: What's the Army base up there called? Oh, I don't know up there. Dang. <laughs> I'm blanking. So, Buffalo doesn't. <clears throat> Buffalo doesn't have much other than the Bills. Yeah, yeah. So, so Josh Allen, being that small town guy, doesn't like the big lights. I have a Josh Allen story. Okay. So, I'm working at a downtown club in Portland, um, and someone says, "Hey, <clears throat> Saquon Barkley is coming here, and he's bringing some friends." Okay let's go millionaires in the club i am about it <laughs> bring the money let's see what happens um saquon barkley shows up uh and he's short right like shorter than you'd imagine super and also young because when saquon barkley asked me if i could get him dollar bills he was like uh Twenty and I was like more than that, bro. <laughs> he was like a hundred. I was like, okay, I'll go get those ones for you right away, sir. Uh, but he showed up with a bunch of different people, right? And I think it was like a a Nike football um, convention, not a convention, but like a maybe like a shoot or something yeah. in Beaverton at Nike headquarters. Uh, George Kittle is there. George Kittle's friend Josh Allen is there. Uh, no. There's, <laughs> there's some other football players also. Uh, the younger guys, right? There aren't any vets that show up with this group of NFL stars.
1: Stop. Did you say Josh Allen was in Portland?
0: Josh Allen was in Portland for a Nike event, I think.
1: Man. This is I years ago.
0: Years and years okay. ago. This is uh... – a. anyway – Josh Allen and George Kittle are by the slot machines. They're not really partaking in the, the adult entertainment around them. Uh, but they start talking about, uh, you know, having to pick people up or like someone's drunk. We got to go and get them. And I, I'm trying to talk to Josh Allen. So I was like, bro, you get them levitating like Zay Jones. You won't have any issues and tipsy Josh Allen looks at me. He was like, you know, Zay Jones. And I was like, I know of Zay Jones. He was like, that's my best friend. And I was like, cool. He was like, wait, do you know who I am? And I was (laughs) like, yes, I do. And he was like, George, you gotta go. (laughs) Him and George, him and George Kittle immediately put their drinks down. Walk outside. They're like, Have a good night, guys. They're like nice about it. They're waving and stuff, but they're just like, Don't let anybody see you at the strip club. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. he was like, You know who I am? And I was like, Yeah. And he was like, George. <clears throat> Gave him the signal and they walked out. And that's, uh, yeah, wow. big, big guy, small town kind of vibe. You know, yep. and that works in Buffalo. So his mm-hmm. physical traits, though. Oh, he can sling it. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. yo, the not just being able to throw hard, but throwing ropes on a, you know, dots, accurate bombs on a line uh, is something that not everyone does. Uh, you might say Mahomes has that kind of arm talent, but Josh Allen definitely has that. It feels like it could go to another level, but he's yeah. already developed and. And shown that progress, like big jumps forward, because Josh Allen coming into the league was what questioned, right? Is he really that guy coming Wyoming? Like, is
1: has he seen? Can he process? He it know? was his accuracy. His accuracy was the biggest doubt when it, when it came to backing him. He can yeah, throw it hard, not- but can he
0: put it where he needs right. to? Be? I, yeah, so I think he's shown he can. That's, That's what true. makes him one of the you know highest touted quarterbacks, and. What has the Buffalo Bills as the Super Bowl favorite to open the season? Does that feel weird, hearing that or being the, yeah. the Super Bowl favorites? And I don't in like the, it. You don't like it's, it? <laughs> it's, it. It's stressful. Yeah.
1: I stress now more.
0: You know. <laughs> yeah. It's not any more of this. All oh, the Bills lost. Just flip it to another channel. Now it's like
1: Thursday. Okay, <laughs> yeah. we got to
0: get ready for this Sunday game.
1: <clears throat> mm-hmm.
0: Yep. I'm feeling
1: it, you know, I've been through it all. I've been through the Music City Miracle, I've been through the Hail Murray recently. You know, I've been through all the Super losses, I've been through just stupid stuff with the Bills. Man, it's just it got to a point where it's just like you kind of expect it, you know. You're like, I know the feeling, <laughs> yeah, you do. With the yeah, <laughs> you know what's crazy about Josh when he came into the league in 18? I was looking up earlier. He was not very good in eighteen. He was still working on accuracy. He threw for a little over two thousand yards and only ten TDs and twelve interceptions. How many games did he play? I don't know on that one. I was. Did I was he just start thinking his,
0: that I his that, rookie I, year, or I don't was know. there? I think it, according Isn't to the uh, he played, who
2: was it? I think someone was ahead of him before.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. So like, he played mid-season? eleven games in twenty eighteen. 18. And then also Nathan Peterman, Derek Anderson, and Mac Bartley split yeah. five okay. other games. Yeah. Uh,
1: he did – He did. what were his stats in 2018? Uh, 2,074 yards, 10 TDs, 12 interceptions, 67.9 passer rating. And then we brought Diggs on in 2020, and he went up 4,500 yards, 37 TDs, 10 interceptions, and 107.2 quarterback rating. Before that, all he had was like
0: Cole Beasley. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, was was Beasley even there yet? Had Beasley left the Beasley was there. I think he got hurt too that year. Do you yeah, uh, yeah. I'm still not happy with letting him go?
0: Yeah. I don't,
1: I don't know I mean, why. You let him
0: go this season. He's gone. Yeah. I, isn't he still a free agent? I don't know if oh, anybody's signed. You him. guys have like you guys have Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Davis, Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah, did it. Austin Knox. Who's that other? Who's the second tight end? You guys, you guys have some guys that have been blowing up catching catching the football yeah. from Josh Allen. So yeah. I think the one thing the Bills probably, uh, if you had to pinpoint a
2: weakness, would be still the running game. I don't know who's really going to run the ball for them. I think they're just
0: who are the who are the two running backs that have been splitting carries: Devin Singletary and the bigger one, Zach Zach Moss. Zach Moss. Yeah. back boss out of utah yeah
1: i don't know that's um, that's one thing about lance you're a fan you you know a lot more about your team like going back history and stuff you know than i ever did you know what i'm like saying for my for the chargers yeah you like know like you're more in depth with things which i really enjoy talking to you because you know a whole bunch more you know me like I can't tell you a lot of things about the Bills player. I don't remember Mm. a lot of Bills players, you know. I'm more just my team, I guess. I don't know. But you were talking about
0: when you were growing up in Southern California, not remembering a lot other than, like, some bad moments. Is that similar to how you remember
1: the Bills early on? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) You're just like, (laughs) ah. Yeah. "Ah." Yeah. I mean I don't even know who the quarterback was. I became a Bills fan in 1982. I don't know who the quarterback was. Jim Kelly. how, wait, how did you
0: be, how did you become a Bills fan from from Vegas?
1: Went to a it was a NFL training camp for high school kids that was held in Minnesota. And I went there being from Vegas didn't really have a team. You know my dad my dad was not a big NFL fan. Uh the Rams were around in LA during that time, so he might talk about the Rams or whatever but I never really had a team, you know. And then uh, at this camp, uh, Cornelius Bennett, Daryl Talley and them were hanging around and stuff. And I saw the helmet and it was kind of, a, you know, oh, I like the helmets, you know, the guys are cool. Fuck it, I'm a Bills fan. <laughs> you know, that was, and that was in 1982. So I was a freshman in high school.
2: I will say Bruce Smith is the best defensive end ever. And... <laughs> Cameron yeah. Thomas is one of my favorite running backs ever. Yeah. But Devin Don Beebe, though, you can never forget Don Beebe. <laughs>
1: yeah. Now, see, who's your team, Forrest? I'm a Raiders fan. Raiders fan. Now, see, he knows a lot about the Bills, right, being able to say that kind of thing. I cannot, I cannot talk about the Raiders the way he's talking about the Bills. <laughs> like, Like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You see, that's what I'm talking about. You guys are more, I think, plugged into. Oh, you know what it is. <laughs> it's fantasy football.
0: <laughs> that That's the help. only reason I know that, Gabriel Davis. That does, <laughs> that does help,
2: but for me, knowing those guys in the Bills, it was like I I didn't want the Giants to win. I hated the Cowboys, so when the Bills went three in a row, I was like, "Please God, let them win." Me. You, know, I, you know what I mean? Like I I automatically became a Bills fan. Raiders weren't in, so I was like, "You know what? Fuck it. I love the Bills." And I just every, those three years, I prayed to God that they won.
1: <laughs> yeah. Who was the other team that beat us that four years? Washington?
2: <laughs> it might have been Washington.
1: It was Washington. It Washington. With John Riggins? Yeah,
2: I know I hated the Giants. I know I hated the Giants, for sure. And Dallas. Oh, yeah. my gosh. He <laughs> was just like, someone needs to beat these guys. <laughs> when, <he laughs> sp- when Don beat me, he was spreading down world. the field. Yeah, no, when Don <laughs> oh, beat Beebe- yeah. Sprinted down the field and knocked that ball out of the. Under- oh my gosh, that was the greatest yeah. moment. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> Steve Tasker, guys like that. They were they were they were feisty. Like they were not <sighs> through the season. They weren't household names, but by the end of the season, you were like, damn, Steve Tasker, Don Beebe, you know, guys like that. Uh, Andre Reed and Andre Reed's another one because he ended up with the Raiders too. So
0: right, they were quality players, and now. They're gonna <laughs> lose to the Chargers in the AFC Championship game. <laughs> ah, no. Um, <clears throat> have you have you looked over the Bill schedule this season? I hate it. Why? Why?
1: Man, we got some. We play everybody. It seems like. Yeah. The, the, I mean, we start off with the defending champions. It's like day people, one. in Los
0: Angeles yeah. against Matt Stafford and then the Super Bowl champion Rams.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people are saying that's the Super Bowl. Okay, that that game is going to be the Super Bowl. That or when the Bills play the Packers, they say that could be it too.
0: Oh, what do we think about the Packers this season? I don't know. I don't know if how they have how to... without Devontae Adams. Right. Wait, so I mean, but Aaron Rodgers says can turn anybody Aaron, into a productive oh, leader, right. Okay, I don't Jordy know Nelson, that. Greg Jennings. Jordy Nelson was good though. So was Greg I, Jennings. I, I'd say were they. Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson levels without Aaron Rodgers would they have? Would they I have to tell? Like that? Because
2: I mean, they both ended up Raiders at the end of their career. Was at the end of their career, but they did do some things for the Raiders when they ended up with the Raiders.
0: Sorry, I got lost sir. I don't. So, Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard for MVP is what I'm saying. There's only who else is on on the Packers wide receiving crew. They,
2: they got that younger kid that they drafted last year. Um, what was his name?
0: I forgot his name. Well, they got but the I, they got the Rogers? round pick. Yeah. Uh,
2: I, I think I think he's going to be pretty good. For, I think that's going to be his his target this year.
0: I feel like the the Packers have – the Packers lost Devontae Adams, it's going to be a lot different. I don't think it's going to be as
2: Nah, it's there's not, not going to be anybody
0: careful. close up, right? To drawing the defense closer to the line, right? Unless they start doing some, you know, more running and and play action, and they uh, do
2: have two very good running backs though, so we'll
0: see. <sighs> do the uh do the Raiders have any tough games?
2: They're all tough. our Our first game is going to be one of the toughest.
0: Uh Chargers Raiders in L. A. And then we play midseason in Vegas. Yeah. Both of uh, games. Do you be, feel better uh, about your chances of winning the first game or the second game? The first game. Just like because it's season opener, anything can happen. Right.
2: Anything can happen. And then the second game, either team that loses is going to be a little bit more prepared to win the second time around.
0: Ah. Uh, gotcha. You know? Gotcha. But you and, do you think it'll probably be a split then? I
2: think so. i, I sweep, both teams sweep. got both teams got uh so much better in the offseason. Both teams got so much better in the offseason. And not just on the field, but on the sideline as well, because uh, coaching staff for us is just right now it just looks amazing. Uh so Patrick Graham, I'm of course, you know, uh McDaniel's there, but uh the defense I'm really excited to watch them play because uh the defense which is um and then with some of the guys that are on the defense it's going to look a lot different but i think it's going to um it's going to put a lot of guys who didn't seem like they could do anything much for the raiders into positions where they'll probably shine
0: where they're like, going to be they're going to be put in positions where we're going to see if they can right. produce in in those big moments that's another like, thing i love about football bro it's like you can practice 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 and drill 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 but it really comes down to what happens on the field during the right. game <laughs> it's like exactly. you can drill this play and hit this block and hit this hole and run this this way but if like if you like fumble the handoff if you trip uh you know on on a cut if you don't read it you know just the right way if you're not your best at all times it no. can be a bad play and you've practiced it <laughs> so many times just not because of circumstance, because you know, the other person, uh, or at least the other side of the ball, uh, takes you out of it. That's um, true,
2: too. But like, system counts for a lot. Like, I mean,
0: you don't want to say that
2: some guys are just good in the system, but some guys are just good in a certain system. So, like, uh, Jonathan Abram, for instance, is uh, Ronnie Lott personified when it comes to hitting people, but in coverage, <laughs> you know what I mean. If he was a plastic bag, he couldn't cover anything. So, I mean, <laughs> But because they're going to run a lot of uh, – uh, they're going to run 3-5 scheme. They're going to run a lot of 3-4. They're going to have more, um, more slots there, and they're going to run like uh, – I know Patrick Graham runs like a three safety. Uh, so that will move Jonathan Abram up more to the line, and he'll be able to do the things he does best instead of hoping that he plays a regular safety and you're back there praying that, you know I mean, he can cover somebody. So now he can play up at the line and not have to worry because he'll have another safety to cover him in the back and he'll have uh, Trey Morgan on the other side to cover that side. So, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, the system changes and for some guys it's going to be a lot better because, you know what I mean, that's what their talents uh, will shine in, in in a certain system. So we'll see.
0: I. I wish your team the best of luck outside of week one Amen. Uh, and whenever the the next time we play each other is <sighs> rick uh appreciate you coming on uh and and sitting down this first time and i'm i feel like if you're available before the season starts we're going to have you uh on a bit more
1: yeah uh I do would, you uh, enjoy
0: that. Nice. do you have any uh any shout outs any uh highs you want to say to anybody listening
1: E I spoke to E the other day. I was hoping he'd be on here. I'm going to help him. Uh, he's, man, I miss that dude, man. I miss all you guys really, but I was talking to E Rai and told him I got a friend of mine in Samoa that runs the Lafau, I think it's called. That's the big shopping center. Oh, there. Lafau. 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 Yeah. Oh. And uh, <laughs> E Rai goes, Rick, 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 Rick. I don't even have a friend in Samoa. <laughs> 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 he goes, How do you have a friend in Samoa? <laughs> He's like oh, yeah, I drove okay. around, <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. drove the whole Look, island. The guy who runs it used to be my supervisor at Southwest Airlines. Nice, yeah. So I'm gonna hook up him and I, I try to get the apparel going over there.
0: That's dope. Oh, dope. That is yeah. Dope. So oh. yeah. So, hey, what you think about Von Miller? The connections. Why did you? Why did the Bills give him
1: what five years? Dude, six years. And now I'm, I've been stressing about Jordan, bro. They might not be able to extend his contract after next year because of the cap.
0: Oh, So the cap's supposed to jump back up, right? Like the cap is supposed to continue to explode as long as TV deals oh. get, get written up. So you hope they can re-sign. Yes. <laughs> um, what, what is a reasonable deal for a safety?
1: I don't even know where he's at right now.
0: What his current one is, you would just yeah. extend it.
1: Yeah, he's got one more year. So, well, let's see. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? There, there are going to be a lot more. I guess there are <laughs> some bills things we need to talk about. We, t- <laughs> we didn't yeah. talk about bills until ninety minutes in. So bills, <laughs> bills, fantasy football contract situations. Oh yeah, I'll back on for another episode with Rick, uh, oh. Forrest. You got any shots? Oh man, uh do I actually
2: yeah, my niece, she's uh she's about to graduate from Eastern Washington. Um uh, so nice. Uh, yeah, exciting times. They just finished their uh luau where she's the president of the poly club, so she ran that really well. Her last hurrah in college was to give that to the school, and they had a really good night um on Saturday night. So shout out to you, Oriano. Uh That's my awesome. nephew. He plays ball at Whitworth, so he's probably headed back to Whitworth uh, later in the summer. Uh he's gonna play both the uh, offensive and D line. He was a starting center last year, so shout out to my guy, baby. Yeah, man.
1: Hell yeah.
2: Yeah. And shout out to uh shout out to Golden State, about to get another championship.
0: <laughs> yeah. The the Warriors are you know, I'm thinking about it, right? And I can't have the Celtics winning another championship. <laughs>
2: Well you're a Lakers fan. There's no way you can have them
0: win. So. There's no way There's Don't no break way. that tie. Yeah. Tied at 18, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So but also yeah, but what a great thing to see. Oh, yep. That's break out the pizza ready for the post podcast pizza down. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm about to do after go eat. But uh yeah. shout out to Jason Tatum, man, for I mean,
2: it might have been for show, but to text Kobe after the game and tell Kobe that he got him. Before it was after after so he wore the band for the game and then after the game while he's in the locker room uh texted kobe after they won
1: oh, so no. i
0: got it. that's All so right. big up to him man yeah i would have preferred that to him
1: before <clears throat> we we'll have to have you guys out here for a game too
0: bro oh yeah,
1: I'm yeah. Down to oh Gosh. yeah and
0: you're in what uh camis forest Cam- yeah. forest oh I'm i'm actually right here in uh vancouver yeah. Okay. So yeah. I'll pick up Forest, and then we'll hit. We'll, yeah, we're Definitely. gonna grill. We're gonna grill. Okay, we're not generation trash. We're no. We're gonna get back to barbecuing as soon as the yes. weather <coughs> allows us. Now
2: I'm barbecuing snow. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm barbecuing snow,
0: man. Man. Um. Yeah. Shout out to you two Appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, I've been to do this. It's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. And I'll. I'll we always love to talk sports with. Uh, yeah you know, fellow enthusiasts and always. someone like you, a coach who's been putting in um, so much time and, and with that knowledge, it's always a pleasure. Uh, so very much yeah. appreciate that. Uh, shout out to, um, it's Memorial Day to those oh, that who've right. lost in the service of this country uh, to protect our freedoms and uh, our way of life. Uh, it's not Veterans Day, but make sure to, you know, thank those that are still with us also and uh to remember those that have passed um yeah yeah, that's our show appreciate you guys coming on uh thank you to everybody for listening uh this has been the Polynesian podcast we'll be back very soon we are going to be uh interviewing Jordan Blue who just released his uh new book uh emotions into motion um last week we're going to be interviewing him this week and get more about his his writing process and and publishing process too for those who Uh, are interested in writing books. But, uh, yeah, that's it for now. Episode 21 in the books. uh, For Coach Fresh, Rick McElfresh, and Forrest Odolau, I am Lance Falutomo. That's our show. Love and light. Stay ballin'. Peace. Today's show, as always, sponsored by LevasaIslandApparel.com. For gear that represents the South Pacific Island languages and cultures accurately and responsibly. Put on for the culture. Catch the wave at LevasaIslandApparel.com.